0: Grace and mercy and peace be from God the Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ to you in the Holy Spirit. Amen. One of the greatest things about Christianity <clears throat> is that Christianity gives you the resources to change. Change what? Change who you are. Now, we all want to change. I actually don't know of anybody who does not say, I really need to change. Well, in Christianity, we have the resources for exactly that to happen. I'm sure you noticed that Jesus said in the gospel reading from John, you must be born again. What's that about? Radical change. He says, yeah, you must undergo a radical change. However, Jesus doesn't merely lecture and scold about how we got to change, we got to change. He actually provides the resources to make it so. It's his central work. He, the spiritual Son of God, came and had a physical birth. Why? So that we, through Him, could have a spiritual birth. That is, be born of the Spirit. Be born again. Radical change. But very often, we don't know how that change actually happens. That's where our reading from Ephesians 4 fills in so importantly. There are specific principles found within our Both our readings that will help us understand how Christianity helps us change. Let's look. The first principle, the first point would be this that we need God in order to change. We're we're not talking about changing your nail color or your hair color. We're talking about change of self, and we need God for this. It's not just a helping hand to my DIY project, even my spiritual DIY project. No. It's not just God is a cheerleader. To my basically self help scheme. No. It is God Himself who affects the needed radical change that we are talking about. In John chapter 3, Jesus talked to Nicodemus uh, about birth. He told him, you, you must be born again. Think about that. He's not telling Nicodemus it's about self help because nobody gives birth to themselves. This doesn't happen. My my daughter, Hannah, is seven months pregnant. The little baby there isn't taking steps to get himself born. You know, he hasn't got a little checklist. Okay, it's day 220. Get finger and toenails on today and don't forget to expand your circulatory system to match your growing limbs and body. No. Gestation and birth is not a baby's DIY project. Yet, you must be born again. It happens to you. Forces acting on you, in you, like your mother's body and womb, or in the case of spiritual birth, birth, forces like God the Holy Spirit. To be born again, to undergo a spiritual birth, you need God to do something. Something big to change. We need God. How does God give us a spiritual birth? The first thing he did was he sent his own son the spiritual Son of God, as I already said, came from heaven and had a physical birth so that through him we could have a spiritual birth. So that was the first thing. God sent his Son. The next thing is essential, though, for change. We've got to be connected to the Son of God from heaven. If he comes but we're not connected, no change is going to happen. Now where does that connection get made? Baptism. It's huge. Baptism. When you were baptized, that was not you acting. Nor no, was it your parents acting. That was God acting decisively to change you. He baptized you into, He connected you personally to Jesus. His word describes it like that, with phrases like that, in several places. That baptism connection to Jesus, using water, was for your spiritual birth. In John chapter 3, Jesus speaks of being, his phrase is born of water and the spirit. Yeah, by the water of baptism, God sought, God sought to it that spiritual life. Life like that which Jesus brought with him from heaven. Life, life with God, the love of God, our relationship with God, the presence of God, the rule and the direction of God, etc., etc. In Jesus, all this spiritual life that came with him came into you. Importantly, Jesus also took away sin, which stood blocking, like a block pipe, blocking the connection to God's life flowing into us, right? Because if we sin, think about this. It's not a difficult point, but it's important. If we sin, God, the righteous judge, ought to be sending us righteous judgment, condemnation. Whoa. However, Jesus was not sent by the Father to be an agent to bring that about. He was not sent by the Father to bring condemnation to sinners, but to save them from it. We have those very words, verse 17 in John 3 tonight. He came from heaven to be born on the earth, and then when a man, he was lifted up from the earth onto a cross. And there, though he personally innocent of all sins, he suffered and died, bearing not his own, but your judgment and my judgment taking all condemnation for you and for me. He cleared away the sin judgment blockage and he opened up the pipe, the connection to the life-giving God. And God brings all this to you personally and decisively in your baptism. You're immersed. You think, we only use a little water, but you're immersed by it into Jesus. And that is a radical change for you and me. You go from Condemned sinner to beloved child of God. What a change. You're spiritually born. Now what is it exactly that's born? A new you. A new self. At your physical birth, it was your old self. Your physical birth was the birth of your old self. Like they're in the hospital kind of thing. And that old self had all kinds of negative issues that were inherited as traits from Adam. But in your spiritual birth, your baptism, your new self was born with wonderful characteristics, at least in seed form, kernel form, inherited from Christ. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. And you've been given the things of Christ in abundance. Like what? forgiveness of sins like a new identity as god's own child that's you in christ like eternal life that's yours like the holy spirit which and and, and the holy spirit that includes the love the spirit brings the love of the, the joy of the lord the peace that passes understanding etc as well as specific gifts and abilities worked in us by the holy spirit together with every promise written in scripture all of this yours in christ he's been given to you already It's a lot. Your old self had none of that through Adam. That is, through physical birth. But your new self has all of this through Christ. You've been born of the Spirit. It's a radical change. Your new God-given reality. The question is, has your brain made the shift to this new reality? Or is your brain, either through ignorance, or perhaps a touch of laziness and hearing the word, or unbelief, or some combination of all that, is your, is, your, is your brain still assuming that the old self, the old reality, which is all the flesh and little of God, is your brain assuming that all that, all that old stuff is all you've got? And it's the only thing that's operational for you. Like the old self doesn't rely on prayer. Thinks it's, if it's going to be, it's up to me. It's the, it's the only reality there is. That's an unbelieving thought. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, that's how it is. If your brain is, if you're, you've been baptized, you're in a new reality, but if your brain is still thinking it's in the old one, that's not going to be good. Why? Because the old self, the self apart from God, that's a self centered self, prone to. To love money and to love sensuality. It's a self that's judged for its sins and is resentful of God being that judge, sticking us away from him. Who wants to be hanging around a judge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The condition of the old self is why we need radical change. But my point is, it's entirely possible to be baptized by God into a new blessed status and reality, but still have your adult brain in ignorance and unbelief swimming around mistakenly in the old reality. here's an illustration. A a friend of mine (laughs) showed me a video clip of a comedy sketch done by Dave Chappelle. Now listen, I don't know if you know this comic. He is often super rude, quite frankly. And I find that puts me off and I turn the channel. But this sketch, she she says, you got to see this. He put it on his computer. It was really and bizarrely funny. If you do not know, Dave Chappelle is a black guy. And in this sketch, he's blind. In fact, in this sketch, he's the world's only black white supremacist. Because okay? he's blind. He doesn't know he's black. Okay? It's like crazy. <laughs> uh, his, his mind is in a completely different place from the reality he's actually in. We can be like that. We can. We've been baptized. There's our reality. We've been born again. Our lives are hidden with Christ and God. That's our reality and truth. But our brains and thus also our behavior can be operating out of something that's not true, out of our old, no longer true, Christless reality. But anyway, the situation is extremely hopeful. Why? Because we've been given the resources to change. The first resource would be, well, the first resource would be Christ. The second would be our baptism into him, our spiritual birth. And that's a resource because it's not like we've got we to pull down out of the sky godly resources. It's all been given freely to us by God. A next step then would be to somehow to get our adult brains on board with what's been given. To end ignorance and boost faith so that our minds start tracking with the gifts of God. Incidentally, by the way, in that Dave Chappelle skit, he is eventually informed that he's black. Uh, The news at first practically kills him because he's like, up here, he's a white supremacist. And then it completely changes him. As Jesus said, the truth will set you free. And this gets us to the principles for change laid laid out in our Ephesians reading. Paul, in that reading, briefly sketches out the old pre-Christ reality. Where's my, where's my uh, reading here? He says, um, starting at verse 18, he says, here's, our old, here's the old pre-Christ reality, uh, darkened in understanding, alienated from the life of God, ignorance, hardness of heart, callous, given to sensuality, uh, greedy to practice every kind of impurity, you know, that, all that kind of stuff. There, there it was, he says. And then Paul says, but that's not the way you learned Christ. That was the old. That's not the way you learned Christ. And, and, and then he, he has this emphasis, if you look at that reading, on learning and on being taught, on things of the mind. Taught what? Taught Christ. You're you to say teach a book. No, teaching this man, this person. In other words, get your mind engaged with the one you were baptized into, Jesus Christ. Practical application of what we're talking about here so far. Some of you, have purchased a Lenten devotional booklet. We have them available at the back uh, uh, in the narthex. Why why would you do such a thing? In order to read a page every day about Jesus and get your mind, get your mind into your new born-again reality so that you can live by faith. Others of you have taken on the challenge of reading the Gospel of Matthew before Easter. You know that we have a thing in here, uh, a suggested schedule for doing that, but one way or another, to try and read the Gospel of Matthew. Why would you do that? Same thing. To get your mind into God, into Christ, who is your new born-again reality. You're already in that reality. get my mind into it. Yet others others of you um, may have looked at, uh, there's a thing in our bulletin, helpful resources, helpful Lenten practices. Number three is this. Make the sign of the cross in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Remembering that you are a baptized, beloved child of God. And then carefully and thoughtfully pray the Lord's Prayer. Do this two or three times a day. Set the alarm on your phone to remind you to do this. Why would you do that? Same thing. Get your mind into who you are. Get your mind into God, into Christ, your new, born-again reality. Uh, Others, of you are... um, Going to the midweek video study of Jesus. Why? Same thing. To live by the truth that you've been baptized into. We need to grasp the reality. I'm baptized. I'm not a judged, condemned sinner. It's not who I am. I'm, 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 I'm not someone whose best chance for happiness lies apart from God. In greed and sensuality, I'm a baptized and beloved child of God. Let me tell you something as you repeat that as you read about it in the bible as you repeat that truth make the sign of the cross and repeat that truth every day it soaks in it does soak in i do this it soaks in and the change effect you'll love it okay let me go on with what paul writes he's big on changing your thinking i think i've made that point but there's more he says in verse 22 of ephesians 4 there <coughs> Off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. We've heard about that. And put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This this language, you're putting off and putting on. The imagery Paul is using here is of clothing. See, your old self, (coughs) what you have From your unbelieving flesh, what you inherited from Adam with all its nastiness, your old self, fortunately the truth is, your old self still hangs around. You wish it would be totally gone. After your funeral, it would be totally gone. Till then, it still hangs around. Even after your baptism. I've got some old shirts in my closet. I don't even know why they're still there. There's no serious chance i to put them on. But they're still there hanging around in my closet. Similarly, our old self still hangs around. And worse, doesn't just hang around, it gets on you somehow. What does? Sin does. Unbelief does. Sensuality, nastiness, greed, things Paul was talking about. It's still hanging around and it gets on you like a rotten old sweater. Gentlemen, have you ever had a conversation like this? <laughs> Maybe it's it's Saturday morning. You're upstairs, if you have it upstairs. And you yell, honey, do you know where my old sweater is? She says, which one? My wood chopping sweater. Which one? The, 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 the brown one with the jagged line across the front. Your, your Charlie Brown sweater? Yeah. You don't want to wear that sweater. Why did not you wear that nice new one that's hanging in your closet? I like my Charlie Brown sweater. Where is it? That sweater is terrible. It's old. It's ugly. It has holes and a big oil stain on it. Yeah. I love that sweater. Where is it? I threw it out. You did what? Here's the thing though when it's not actually a sweater but it's your old self that makes your way onto you again the old ways of thinking and the old patterns of distrust of God and of sin when that happens it's not your wife who can throw it out for you you have to do it you have to do it put off your old self says the Bible actually the original Greek is stronger than that I think fling it off some old pattern or habit of sin back on you, I tell you, that's not going to change by you kind of fiddling a bit with the buttons on the front or tugging a little on the sleeve. No, you've got to shake your head and say, Stop! Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who am I here? I am a baptized, beloved child of God. My life is hidden with Christ in God. That's reality. That's truth. That's real life, the life I want. Therefore, knowing I'm forgiven in Christ for my latest screw up here, I fling off this old self. I'm done with that, and I put on my new self, created in the likeness of God, true righteousness and holiness friends, here's my point. Make no mistake. This, This is about making a decision, a very definite decision, a decisive putting off and a decisive putting on. A decision that not your wife or somebody else, but you have to make when this comes up. Why would you make it? Because you understand the new reality that you've been given, how great it is that you're baptized into. You see in Christ the good, new quality of life offered to you, and you believe in God's forgiveness, so that the guilt of what you've just done most recently, it doesn't have to freeze you guiltily in place. You're freed by forgiveness. Freed to change. Put on that new self again. In short, you believe the gospel, the good news of God. These are the gospel's resources to empower your change in mind to empower you and me to fling off our old self and once more put on the new and go forward with the abundant life Christ has promised. May Lent be a season for us to have our minds transformed and renewed, to practice remembering who we are in various practices and disciplines. They, they bear fruit. Let's make this season count for us. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus for life everlasting. Amen.